We are walking in a greater outpouring of God's glory. We have been walking into in a greater outpouring of God's glory. Every single service, it seems like the power of God just continues to increase and increase. And you know, hunger does attract the heart of, of God. He, hunger does really attract God's heart. When we're hungry, God's like, oh, my children are hungry for me. They're, they're calling, that's like the spiritual language is hunger, right? And he comes and he meets us here. Jeremiah 112, the word of the Lord has spoken. And he said, I am watching over my word to perform it. Say, God is watching over his word to perform it. That means when you get the word of God on a situation, you know that God is literally watching over that word to bring it to pass. He's bringing the word to pass. Turn to your neighbor and said, God is bringing his word to pass. Are you putting his word on, your, on that situation? Because if you're putting his word on that situation, God is bringing his word to pass. He is, matter of fact, he is watching over it to perform Amen. it. Amen. So whatever it is that you are in need of today, you know that the word of God is literally, is literally God is watching over that word to bring it to pass in your life. Today, not someday, not in 10 years, not when you die and go to heaven, but today, right? So the promises of God are yes and Amen. Say it again with me. The promises of God are? Yes and amen. That's 2 Corinthians 1.20. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there because I want some of you guys, I really want you to see it in the Word. All the promises of God in Him. Say in Him. In Christ. That's what, this is what this means. So all the promises. We know that the Bible is filled with promises. God is a promise keeper. He doesn't break his promise, right? He keeps his promises, right? He's a promise keeper. He's not like us. Sometimes we keep our promise and sometimes we don't. But God is a promise keeper. He always keeps his promises. That is why when you get the word of God on a situation, God is, I, he says, I'm faithful to bring that word and come and that word will come to pass. You may have to wait a bit, but that word will come to pass. So it says for all the promises of God in him, are yes and amen in him. They are yes in him and they are amen in him to the glory of God. Church of God. Right. We carry the fire and the glory. If you're a believer, and I believe everybody in this room is a believer of Jesus Christ. You've committed your life to Christ. You walk with him. You love him. You read your word. So we need to read that word. If we're believers in Christ, so then we are believers in this room. Say, I'm a believing believer. I believe God at his word. I'm standing on the word of God and I will not shift and I will not falter because the word is consistent. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So the power of God has the power to change you. 
It has the power to change you. Church of God, many times we're always praying for someone else to change. But what if God is saying, I am looking to change you, to change your heart, to awaken you, to bring you to a place of greater glory. What God is doing in this church, he is moving with a mighty strong power to bring forth his power, his glory. But he wants us to come as yielded, surrendered vessels so that he will do and continue to do what he is doing. And it doesn't stop here everything that you receive here you take out there you become a better individual when you're in the glory like we just were you know what happens not only do you experience God's presence but you literally become a better husband you literally become a better wife you literally become a better son or daughter you literally become a better individual because the power of God in you starts to transform your desires it starts to transform your thinking. It starts to transform who you are. You see, there was a day that every one of us before Christ, right? There was a day where we thought it was all about us. Whether it was fear-based or whether it was pride-based, it doesn't matter. It was still all about you. But then when God came and touched you and said, I am speaking words of life over you, and I've called you as my own. I am raising you up. So we're in the process, and everybody is in a different place in this process of being healed and being transformed in his presence. But never, ever, ever underestimate that God is moving on your behalf to change you. Say, he's moving to change me. Holy Spirit, do whatever you need to do. Make this your prayer. Even right now, for one second, lift your hands. Say, Spirit of the living God, I'm asking you to touch my heart. I'm asking you to do what only you can do in me. Change my heart. Fill me with your power, with your love. Fill me. I am yours. I surrender to you. In Jesus' name. God is looking for a sold-out, yielded individual. That's what he's looking for. And so when we come to a service like this, we have to know. We have to know that the glory and the fire that we experience here, the power of God, the anointing, another way of calling it, right? That that is not just for here. It's to change you. Yep. Ephesians 1.19. Now, most of you know that I read out of the New King James Version, mainly. I do have the amplified version here tonight, but we're going to first read it from the New King James. It says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So there is an exceeding greatness of his power that's working in those who believe. It says his power towards us. Say God's power is working towards me, is working in me. It's exceeding and it's great. So it's above and beyond anything that you've actually already understood. So this exceeding greatness of his power, it's not your power. It's his power. God gets the glory, right? So it's this exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. Why is this so important? Because we live in a world that is constantly coming against biblical values. Right? We live in a world that is constantly saying what is good is, is not good and what is, you know, and, and the opposite, right? They're constantly flipping the script, but not on our watch because we know that the word of God will never change, right? God's word's never going to change. But there are 
there's a culture though that's that's ra being raised up that doesn't know the word of God, doesn't know that this is the final authority. But the power of God here it says it's exceeding and it's great and it's His power towards us who believe. Are we believing believers in this room? We're believing believers, and it says according to the work of the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So. So this scripture is so powerful because regardless of what we face in our culture, regardless of what's being spoken, what's being, you know, what's being done all around us, we have a power, the power of God that is greater than anything that's coming against us. The Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I tell you that scripture all the time because I want to constantly encourage you that there is Christ in you, the hope of glory, is greater than any assignment that comes against you. It's greater than all the things that are being spoken about you it's greater than a rebellious child a rebellious individual that that you know points his finger towards you and blames you for everything no matter what it is you are going to stand the test of time say i'm going to stand and i'm standing with christ now i want to read this very same scripture but in the amplified version this is what it says it says and so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable means you can't measure it the unlimited there's no limits there are no limits the surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power in us who believe there is a power that is not you cannot measure it it's it's immeasurable say it's immeasurable it's unlimited say it's unlimited it's surpassing surpassing greatness of his spiritual power in us and then it says according to his mighty strength so that you will begin to know here says what the exceeding greatness is but so that you will begin to know that God does not put limits on you so that you will begin to know that when God spoke that word in your prayer closet years ago God says I am still bringing that word to pass when God spoke that thing to your heart and you hung on to it and you believed and believed and believed but then something happened and you got discouraged because you thought it was just too late and it was gonna it was just over Uh, -uh. the Lord says no absolutely not I do not change my mind I do not change his word doesn't change like a shifting shadow right he says the the power of God in you has actually incited powers of demonic presence to come against you and so therefore that which you see that's coming against you is just because you're walking right with Christ now, of course, only you can discern, determine that because if you're not walking right with Christ, that's a whole nother story, right? But assuming that you're walking right with Christ, the assignments that have come against you is because you have stepped into that greater glory. It's because you have stepped into that power, that fire, that anointing of God in your life. Luke 10, 19. It says, listen carefully. I have given you authority. Say, I have authority. That you now possess. Again, I'm reading from the Amplified that you now possess i have given you authority that you now possess now say now i possess that power now i have the power of god now today today so listen carefully i have given you authority that you now possess that you now possess to tread on serpents and scorpions 
to tread on serpents and scorpions, and the ability to exercise authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing, nothing will in any way harm you. Somebody say glory. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The devil is afraid of your glory shout. The devil is afraid of your understanding that when you open your mouth and you praise, when you start to give him the glory, you start to give God the glory, and the devil starts to shake in his boots because he doesn't understand it. We know that. We know that, right? But, you know, when we do that here, but then when you step out there and then the attacks come, guess what? The same method that works in here is the same method that works out there. You need to keep your shout on. You need to keep your praise on. You need to keep shouting the glory of God is all around me. I'm walking in the glory realm. I thank you, Lord, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I thank you that I trample upon, I tread upon snakes and scorpions uh, right amen because of the power of God the exceeding greatness of power of God in me in you you know God wants to give wisdom in him there's wisdom in his word there's wisdom the Bible says that if you lack wisdom that you're to ask the father who gives to all without finding fault he says I will give you wisdom how many of you need wisdom in a circumstance in, a, in your life you know we probably all do in an area or another in our life right and from time to time you're gonna find that you need the wisdom of God but the wisdom of God comes from God it comes from God and he says I give to you liberally well how do we get that wisdom of God he says it comes from him but I want I want you to turn to yeah. Matthew 6 6 we know the we know wisdom comes from God we know he says he wants to give it to us liberally, generously, without finding fault. You need wisdom, you ask God, he gives you wisdom. But I want you to look at Matthew 6.6, 6, because this is the way that God gives you the wisdom. It's in prayer, church. As you pray, as you ask him, as you seek his heart. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly, right? Where's the father? He's in the secret place. When we remain in the secret place, which is our place of prayer, we're with the father. He gives you wisdom liberally. He grants that wisdom liberally, right? Oh, we just read there's no, you can't measure, you can't limit his, his limited, limitless love, right? But his wisdom that comes from the heart of God, he starts to pour it out without you even asking for it because he knows what you need. He knows what you need even before you've even spoken. That's what the Bible says. Before even a word is even spoken, even before it's on your tongue, he already knows what you're going to ask. He's, it's amazing. So Matthew 6, 6, when you pray, church, it's important that we have time every day in the secret place. Not just praying as you go about, as good as that is. It's good. It's good. You're moving around, you're driving, you're, and you're praying. And, and I've taught, and we've been on the subject of prayer now for a few weeks I've been hitting the same subject of prayer in different ways for a few weeks now. Because really everything happens through the vehicle of prayer. And things that haven't happened is because there hasn't been enough prayer. Or there has been prayer, but you need to continue in it. 
because God is working on somebody's heart. He's turning that situation around. Don't give up in prayer. You might give up just before the answer. You might have given up. If you give up, if you stop praying, you may have given up right before the answer came. That None of us want that. So it's good that you pray out and about. You're moving about. You're driving. And you say, I always pray. But do you have that consecrated time where you're going to go in your prayer closet, whatever that prayer closet looks like, and you're going to go in that prayer closet and you're going to shut the door? He says, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Right? When you go in prayer, you literally shut the door. Because we're talking about a literal room. We're talking about a place. And I don't care if it's a closet. And for you, it might be your car parked right by the park. Why is that so important? Why is she making such a point about this? Can't I just drive and pray? Yes, you can. But you're not going to be fully attentive to what God is saying. And you can't. How about if the power of God starts to hit you in your prayer closet or maybe in your driving, you know, and now you're spraying in tongues and you're praying in tongues. You better not let go of that wheel. You better keep your eyes open. Right? You can't say, well, I was in prayer. And my, she told me to go and pray and I was close my eyes and I thought God would trust me. I trusted him. Don't be dumb. Don't be foolish. Right? So this is why we need to make sure that we have that time of prayer. Do you know what God wants to give you in that time of prayer? Where it's just that consecrated time, you and him, full attention, full focus. He says, shut the door. There is a literal door you need to shut. But that's not the only door he's talking about. He's talking about every other distraction that tries to come against you when you go to pray. When your phone starts to blow up and everybody that you have talked to in the past, like, you know, three weeks, everybody decides to text you and your phone is going off like a bomb. Right? Ding, 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 ding. And you're just trying to pray. Shut it off. Close the door. Get rid of the phone. Put it in the other room. Don't worry about it when you come back and you got 17 messages and 36 voicemails. Don't worry about it. Seriously, shut the door. Doesn't mean just literally shut the door. That means shut the door to every distraction. Stop every distraction. You know what? In the time that we live in, we have to make sure that we truly are living a lifestyle of prayer. Everything's either going to rise or fall at the level of your prayer. Are you committed to prayer? Are you committed to pray? Look at the end, what it says. He says, and your father who sees in secret. He says he's going to reward you openly. It's not why we do it, but it is a promise. Did, not we, did we not start with the promises of God or yes and amen? He wants to reward you openly. Okay, now let's all be honest. Some of you look at some, some, of, you look at some of the others in this room and say, why, why is he or she so blessed? Like everything. Like they're just blessed. You know, there's walking so much favor. Like it's like never ends. You don't need to raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand. If you feel that way from time to time and you're just like scratching your head going, what? The father who is in the secret place, your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Favor comes from God. And he says, I want to favor you. Actually, I already do. But I want you to see it. But favor comes from God. And that reward that is in the secret place, 
he rewards openly. It's not why we do it. If that's why you do it, well, that's okay. Because you know what? Even if that's why you do it, that's not too big for God. It's not too big for him. He'll change your heart. And all of a sudden, you're praying. Why? Because you fall in love with him. Because you fall in love with the King of Kings. Because you recognize how good he is, how he has saved you, how he has forgiven you, how he has never left you when you were all alone. Other people may have abandoned you. For some of you, your mother and father may have forsaken you. This is what the word of the Lord says. You know, though mother and father have forsaken you, I will never forsake you. This is scripture, church. This is I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. Right? I'll never forsake you. So we know. We know that in that place of, of prayer, so much has happened, so, that will, so much will happen, excuse me, because he is faithful. Hallelujah. When we go into prayer, we go into the throne room. And when we go into the throne room of God, we know that he literally transforms us from glory to glory and from strength to strength. He transforms us from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from victory to victory, from breakthrough to breakthrough. He transforms us, right? So in this place of prayer, he says, I want you to bring your word. Bring the Bible. My word is holy. His word is holy. It's pure. It's true. Turn to Proverbs 30 and verse 5. Every word of God is pure. Isn't that beautiful? That every word of God is pure. And he is a shield to those who put their trust in him. He's a shield. He's your shield. He's your forward shield and your shield, and he's your rear shield. He's, he's surrounding you with this cloud of glory. He's your shield. Say, he's my shield. And every word of God is pure. That means it's faultless. That means you, you, there's no, nothing that you could even think or imagine to be wrong with because it's pure. It's perfect. It's flawless. His word. His word is beautiful, and we fall in love with this word, and what happens is we fall in love with the God that has literally walked on earth, Jesus, that literally walked on earth, the word who is Jesus, right? So the word is pure. The word is holy. And in Psalms 1830, another place where it also talks about this, it says, as for God, his way is perfect. It's not just holy, it's perfect. Say God's word is perfect. That means, yeah. So no matter what situation you have, going on right now, God's word is perfect for that situation. You find that scripture and you speak it out over that situation and that word will change that situation. How many can testify to that? I can. Oh, I can for sure. His word works, right? When you work the word, his word works, right? You make sure you let the word of God coming out of your mouth. His word will work, right? So it's perfect. His word is perfect. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's word is perfect. God's word will never change. Turn to somebody else and say, I love God's word. It's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. If it's a lamp unto your feet and if it's a light unto your path, God's word is literally, literally illuminating your path. You may not know which what to do, which way to go, but God says my word is illuminating your path. We're going to put our confidence in the word of God, not our own, ourself or our emotions or other people or a circumstance or a history or whatever. We're going to put our confidence in the word of God. It's living. God's word is living. It's not dead. 
Say, God's word is not dead. Why is this important? Because you know what the world will tell you? The world will tell you that the word of God is dead. It's old news. It's outdated. Am I the only one that has heard this? No, right? I'm sure many of you have heard this too. Oh, it's outdated. It doesn't work anymore. We have a new cult. This culture is different. It's new. And so we're going to, you know, things are different now. Things are different now. Nothing changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Somebody say it out loud. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't change. It's pure. It's perfect. It's beautiful. It's faultless. And when we go into our prayer closet and when we pray and we open up the word of God and we start to pray, that's what changes circumstances. You get that word on it. You let the word do what it already says it's going to do. And God doesn't change his mind. Not only is it holy and pure, but his presence, his presence is holy. What did we just experience? His presence, which was very holy. And there were points in time I really couldn't walk. I mean, I felt like my legs were lead weight, like my feet were just planted to the ground, like they had literally weight on them. I, and it was very, very hard. Now, could I forced? I could have forced myself to move, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait until God says, go. When it started to lift was when I was able to start to move. And it was a clear transition. I knew I needed to stay there. Why? Doesn't even make sense. Do you, does everything have to make sense to you? When God's word says, will you come as a little child and will you trust me? You know, in the realm of God's spirit, in the glory realm, which what we just experienced, there are some things we can't explain. We trust God. We trust that he says, when I, he says, when you ask me for bread, I'm not going to give you a stone. We trust that he says, I want to I do a work here that's not this realm. It's from heaven's realm. And when you connect with me, th that's why we call it supernatural. That's why, that's why this is a, super, a naturally supernatural walk, which we're all called to walk in. Right? And, and so his presence is holy. That's why when we started worship today, we started worship 10 minutes early. We couldn't wait till 6 o'clock. We're like, the Holy Spirit is so present already. We just need to go. Let's just go. Let's just start. And so we did. We started early. And I said, the presence of God is here, and we need to honor the presence of God right from the beginning, right? And so making sure we're in tune. So when, when we were moving in the spirit in the way we just were, God's holiness, which is present, when he's present, it, he's the one that calls the shots. He's the one that says, I want you to go here. I want you to do this. It's not just for the room. It's not just for church people. It's for us to walk in everywhere we go. God doesn't, he doesn't put things in these compartments and say, well, this is how you are here and this is how you are there. He says, I want you to walk with the glory of God upon your life because there is a world of that people need to see God's power because you're a vessel that prays. Because you're a vessel that goes into your secret place, constantly asking for the wisdom of God, constantly asking, Lord, change me. Lord, do what you need to do in my life so that I represent you well. Don't we want to represent him well? The only way you can represent God well is when you really stay committed to the word of God. When you are in agreement with the word, you're walking in sync with the Holy Spirit. So some of you guys felt the power of God. 
You felt the power of God on your body. You felt you something in your mind, in your stomach, wherever it was. But you felt God's power. Many of you were falling over because of the power of God. Every time God puts his touch, his power, his touch, his anointing upon you, you become more yielded, more focused, more connected to him, more in tune with him. And you're literally going from glory to glory. You're changing. Exodus 25, 8. Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Now, this is what God said to Moses. Let them make me a sanctuary. We are the sanctuary. Church, he's chosen to live in us. He could have chose to live in something else that he created, but he chose to live in us. We honor God when we live our life separate, consecrated, set apart, because we want to give him the greater glory.